What's up, it's Chase Young. What's up, this is Terry McLaurin. This is Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're listening to the Washington Football Talk Podcast. One week in Richmond, down. One week in Ashburn, down. Next step, let's go to FedEx Field. We're going to discuss all of it right now. Washington Football Talk Podcast. On the football field, the action happens in the blink of an eye. It's like that off the field, too, when you've been injured. In a split second, your life is changed. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, when you've been injured, you need the right teammates by your side. You need Chase and Boscolo, a law firm willing to protect and fight for your rights. On the football field or in the courtroom, having the right team determines whether you win or lose. When injuries change your life, call Chase and Boscolo, trial lawyers that care. What up, everybody? It's J.P. Finley. It's the Washington Football Talk podcast. We're brought to you by Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We arrive at them, want you to do the exact same thing. Here with the boys, Mitch Tischler, Pete Haley. Gentlemen, very good to be here in person. It's great to be here in person. I'm glad we were all able to stick around to do this pod together, not over Zoom. Yeah. It's what we did in Richmond. I don't see how it's any different. What's up, guys? Good to see you. Does anybody have an explanation for how it's different? Practice is an hour earlier. Right, but you could just go to lunch, write another story. Mitch is out here blogging. Yeah. That was my one thing. I'm blowing my, I'm blowing my one thing in the, in the intro. It's too early for that. And if people can't tell the air of contentiousness here, well, I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. The, not just on the field are they ready to fight. In the media tent, we are too. I'm not ready to fight anybody. Shocker. No, I, listen, there's nothing to fight about. I just think the pods are better when we're in person. There's no debate about that. Okay. Um, busy day out there. It was, uh, they went two straight, two straight days. They went two days with pads on. So they went pads off today. I assume they're going to go pads on tomorrow. They're in pads with tomorrow. Fat fans. At yeah. I think they will be, they won't be putting on a show, but fans will enjoy practice. That two minute drill at the end, people will be going nuts. Um, there's enough hitting. There's enough one-on-one stuff. I think folks will get a kick out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think that we saw in practice yesterday when they were in pads, kind of the perfect amount of hitting. There were a couple plays where like, Jamin Davis kind of knocked over uh, Logan Thomas on a, on a little crosser. He didn't hit him hard, but I think he kind of surprised him with how quickly he made the play. And, and I think he, like, it's just enough hitting that it you know, gets, in the, in the, gets guys used to it, but doesn't go too far like the Giants with uh, Daniel Jones at the bottom of a pile in a brawl. And fist fights. Yeah. Is he pouting? Is, is, that, is, that, is that your analysis for the day? No. Um, I tried to ask Ron Rivera. I tried to get a yeah. I tried to get some uh, news. Sorry, it's a seven-hour workday for you, Bell. <laughs> I tried to get some news from Ron Rivera about plans, and he said, we're going to practice tomorrow night. And that's all he would tell me, but I'm glad they're going to be in pads, and I'm sure there will be a lot of good action. However, he well, was a little unhappy with how the energy transferred from Richmond to Ashburn. Richmond had all the fans. Ashburn has no fans. It has a couple of reporters. He said he wants us to bring a little more juice. I told him John Kimes just fading a little bit here late in his career. Um, but – with fans at FedEx Field, there should be no excuse. There should be lots of electricity. He said the energy from the reporters was fading? He said, I need you guys to bring it a little more. He was joking. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Carter said that tomorrow night's going to have a little more pizzazz, which I think is a nice way to put it. Pizzazz, eh? Um, actual important news. Uh, Rivera revealed that the team is up over the NFL threshold for vaccination rates, so they can start kind of being in the same locker rooms. I, it's my assumption that vaccinated, unvaccinated guys have to keep masks on all the time inside, things like that. But it at least... 
simplifies some of the stuff that was going to legitimately become a competitive disadvantage. Whatever you think about vaccinations, like I don't care about your politics and what your uncle who studied biology for a semester at Goucher College thinks. Like from a football perspective, it's easier if they get vaccinated. It's easier if they get vaccinated. From a football perspective, it is undoubtedly easier for a team to function per the rules of the NFL. And so if you're a, te- a fan of this Washington football team, you want them to get vaccinated. It's that simple. I know Pete hates hates every time I bring it up, but you can just you look talk up, about chess? up yeah. north to no, up north to the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, who today was talking about it's easy to follow the protocols if I surround myself in plexiglass within the quarterback meeting room. Seriously, that's easier than, you know, whatever else. It's a competitive disadvantage if these teams do not reach the NFL threshold. They can't meet in person. All the unvaccinated players have to be six feet apart. Distance, most meeting rooms aren't large enough to have 50, 30, whatever the number is of players. Large men. Be that far apart from each other. It's much, much easier when they get over that number. And I think that maybe the couple of players that ended up on the, uh, on the protocol in early in camp kind of helped uh, affect change within the team and, and got folks to go get that first shot. Yeah, they've really heated up in terms of vaccination rates recently. And whether it's Ron pushing them, the players getting some uh, contact tracing slash testing positive themselves, the reason doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is they have shots in their arms and they can now you know, move forward hopefully and get those last couple guys taken care of as well. We've talked about this though. I think it's entirely possible that the vaccination rate could dip when the roster cuts come because I don't think guys on the bottoms of rosters are hemming and hawing about the vaccine. I think they're just taking it because it's the best thing for their career. Um, I think it's guys that have roster locked spots and have cash in the bank that are hemming and hawing. So just something to kind of keep an eye on. But for today, it's good news. And I asked Ron, and he didn't really want to take, take credit for it, but I think he deserves credit for voicing his frustrations, continuing to – Talk to his players, let them know what was available, let them know informationally what they could do. Um, it, I, it's a positive step for the organization, period. Yeah. I mean, not that I would ever expect it, but Ron wasn't passive about it. He was passionate about, you know, I think medically he was passionate about, you know, folks getting the getting the shot, particularly given his, his uh, inability to, for his, uh, what, immune system to fight it. But also – for the, for the football side of things, and, and he made his points, and it's not like he, as far as we know, forced the players to go get it. He just provided information, provided access for the players to ask all the questions that they may need to ask, and Antonio Gandy-Golden said it the other day that initially he didn't want it. After all the information that he was given, he decided that it was probably best. So I, you got to applaud Ron and, Even, and everything and, else. Uh, you said Sorry, forgive me. We were about to make the same point. I thought you said Gibson. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to belabor COVID stuff. Like, it's it's so belabored, and I fear the intensive belaboring coming our way this fall and winter. There's going to be more belaboring. All of the belaboring. Um, let's talk about on the field. Pete, get to your notes. Um, well, we didn't do the pod yesterday, so I guess we can kind of just combine some trends from the last couple days. Uh, good to have Brandon Sheriff, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen all back in action. Allen had a hamstring injury. Payne and Sheriff are off the COVID list. That is three of probably your top ten players. Other injuries of note, Kyle Allen has still yet to participate in Ashburn. Ron said it's not too serious. Expects him back soon with that angle injury, but we haven't seen him yet. Same as Reyes, screwed up his knee a little bit on Wednesday. He has since missed the rest of Wednesday and Thursday's practice. 
And uh, Cam Curl was absent, but Ron said it's an illness, nothing too serious. He was not here on Thursday, so hopefully Cam will be back shortly. That's kind of catching you up on the who's in and who's out. Real quick, and Charles Leno's team's grandmother passed away. He was not at practice today. That provided a, a lot of time for Cornelius Lucas to get at left tackle. He played with both the ones and the twos over there on the left side. And uh, for a guy who missed a little bit of time being in the protocols, it was a, it was a nice welcome back to uh, back to practice. Does it also make you think he's already kind of the swing tackle? Or do they just know they they can't or don't want to play Cosby there right away? I think you need to give Cosby all the reps on the right side that he can get. David Sharp is, was also in the protocol. I don't believe he's back yet, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So I think that it maybe highlighted the lack of depth at tackle that they that they have. If But most teams would have this issue if two tackles are out, they'd be – pretty light in terms of who could who could fill in over there Sadiq Charles also played a little bit of tackle today but as far as Cosby goes was he out there with the ones at one point he so they've been rotating in we talked about a couple pods ago they've been rotating in even receivers and not so much running backs or or QBs but receivers and linemen and tight ends they've been kind of rotating the guys who I think we can presume would be would spend some time on the field to get some time with one so that those guys all get used to used to spending some time together but um, I think you got to give give Cosme all the time on the right side. Clearly, he needs he needs to continue learning, continue uh, getting stronger out there, and flip flopping him, snip snapping him left right left right. Just because Leno is out, you know, for a personal reason, I don't think that it's a, that's that's a good use of time. It's helping you much. Yeah. Um, aside from that, one guy who has shined, shown, shined, shined, shined shined and he's a guy who kind of botched it last year steven sims um he has looked as shifty as ever his hands have been pretty reliable i know that's a problem for him at times but he hasn't dropped too many balls and he's made a couple of really tough ones contested catches with guys in his area and he's making people miss like old so uh we asked ron Rivera yesterday can a camp change your perception of maybe a guy who had a really bad year under you but uh, can a couple weeks in the summer really make a difference? And Rod said, sure, it's a, it's a clean reset. And right now, I think Steven Sims is absolutely on this team if you just go by who's playing best. Now, of course, there's who drafted whom. Did Ron want to give another year to Antonio Ganey Golden, for example? There's all types of other factors. But if you strictly go meritocracy-based, I don't know how and you can ignore. you're saying just that sixth spot and it'd be Sims's spot. Yeah, I just don't know how you can ignore what Sims is doing right now. He's on a really good roll. It's tough because we live like – I mean, we create the content. We get told to create the stuff. Everybody else is creating similar stuff, like roster breakdowns and six wide receivers, seven wide receivers. It's also August 5th, and unfortunately, there's almost always going to be an injury. Like something's go- Hell, Curtis Samuel's still not here. Correct. Until we see Curtis Samuel here, maybe he shouldn't be on our list. I, I think he should, but it's also like Ron has this default mechanism where it's just nothing's a big deal injury-wise. And while he's probably right about 90% of it, Kyle Allen broke his ankle and dislocated it last year. Now he's out hurt because he hurt the same ankle again. I'm not sure that's nothing. Curtis Samuel hasn't ran in four, three months. That's sure that's something. nothing? Oh, that is something. So, I, you know, like, it's entirely possible that we can say our five roster locks, but they might not be locks. They might contractually like they're going to be on the roster or whatever but they might be on ir to start the year or pop right no you can't go back to pop but i know what you mean like it's the same similar idea um 
So on my list, I had tackle stuff. I feel like Mitch kind of hit that. I want to talk about Heineke kind of finally having a good day. Yeah. He's been somewhere between bad and not good. I think that's accurate. Probably a C minus to C. C minus to D. Oh, C. Maybe D plus to C. He's had I think some. He was a, I think he's been around a D plus, and today he might have been a B minus. I think, yeah, C minus easily. Yeah, somewhere in there. I think today he was B plus. Today he was pretty, maybe A minus. Today he was pretty damn good. But I just wonder watching it, dude, he ran a couple times. Like, it almost seemed like he knew he had to have a good practice day. And he didn't necessarily practice I hear you. for the situation. He practiced to have a good practice. He went out day. to get his and not no, you know. not even get his. To me, it was it was Mark Brunel twenty one straight completions, just kind of taking the easy the the easy stuff, not necessarily the best stuff. If and that do makes Z Lyman do that here sometimes? Where, yeah, and this is everywhere. Like they know what plays coming, so they just blow it up and they look good, right? But like Heineke looked good today, but I'm not sure it was as fast as he normally is. It was interesting. I do think, though, he might just be the kind of kid that only shows up in games, and it's because of his reckless style. Like, think about the Shazer Everett. He's not a great practice guy because his greatest strength is blowing people up down the field, and you can't do that in practice. And I think maybe Heineke's greatest strength is just running around like crazy, and you can't really pull that off in practice. But, I mean, that, those were a million extremely backhanded compliments. He did look good today. <laughs> I just think it's – kind of funny when we talk about oh that's not the Heineke we're used to seeing we've still only seen him in five quarters and now like right. a week or so of camp like he's not he's still pretty new to us we're still feeling him out and just because we've replayed that Tampa game over and over and talked about it ad nauseum that might have been the outlier and by all the stats and past accomplishments that was by far the outlier so I've read your uh practice notes you're really trying to make Taylor Tampa Tampa, Tampa Taylor, Taylor yeah thing. I am definitely trying to make it a thing how's that going some guy tweeted and said he liked it, so me Just and like, that guy. So, Mitch, I'm sorry, pal. The bird's name is Ted. Like, it's happened that the bird's name I'm is Ted. I'm sticking with Tweet Tweet. Kerwin's shaking his head. Mitch is – Who Did a player call him Tweet Tweet? We, we have sources who like to call it Tweet Tweet. We have sources that say before the bird You don't have was, to explain it. Just say you heard a player. Yeah, Tweet Tweet. I'm going that was the, the name. That was say. the name that the players came up with. And then – His mama name of Clay? I'm going to call him Clay. No, it's – the, the, it's not the, an argument. The it's team a, signed Ted the it's bird. It's a bird that's walking around this, the field. <laughs> and you, we haven't seen him in a while, In by your the way. blog, tried to make Tweet Tweet a thing. I'm just keeping Tweet Tweet a thing. It's not a thing. Isn't it weird to look at him and say, in your blog, by the way? Kind of. But, like, maybe Pete's just pissing everybody off. I, I don't know why you think it's such a big deal for him to do that. Because he's done that here and there, right? He said, like, once a year. Pete, it's a big – we always – It's once a year. We always – so I can't crap believe, on him for not blogging. I can't believe you wrote did. the bird blog. Right, and, of all the blogs. That, I think of all the blogs. It was interesting because Pete was so adamantly against it, which I thought was a little weird. I just uh, – the people here killed it so fast. The behind, they the behind, smothered the bird. I agree. The, the, totally. I, I, but not everybody's here, and not everybody's on Twitter in the same immediacy we are. So I, in our planning channel at NBC Sports Washington, <laughs> oh, I mentioned it because it would be a funny little video that our team could put out there. And I guess in the whatever I wrote, I was like blog slash video when really I just meant a VOD. You don't mind assigning blogs here and there. Sure. But I didn't want Pete, who was, who was in the middle of writing. Were you writing practice notes? What were you working on? Yes. And then my AM story as well. Yeah. So Pete was in the middle of writing. So there's plenty of work for you to do while you were waiting for me to get done with radio? Yes. That's so weird. Just like there was in Richmond. 
Yes. Some folks thought it was a good idea for it to be written, and I didn't want more stuff to be put on Pete's platter. So I decided to take one little thing off of his little off of his dish. Thank you. I hope, um, you, I hope it was tasty. But it was also, I mean, I don't know how far down the hole we want to get here, but Pete was also very clearly not into writing it. He clearly when, not into when it. When you suggested to run the AP story on the bird, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, my God, this thing is really gaining legs in a like, direction that it should We run the AP story when it's like an obit. Or yeah. a newsy, Stadium news. something newsy, like, I don't know the word, I don't know the you're running <laughs> the trying AP to get my guy Steven Wino some extra clicks, that's all. I love Wino, but uh, I don't know, great job, Mitch, on the bird blog. You really went for it throughout with the puns, but that last graph was... Uh, There's a lot of puns in there. I'm not even sure they all make sense, but you just went for it. The whole thing is for the birds. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know, dude. You want to do one thing? We got Jamin Davis today interview. Jamin Davis. He's an JPN impressive young Jamin. man. I, I think I think we need to see him in a game, in a preseason game. I'm excited game. for it. I am too because I think he's just a speed and contact guy, and you just Cole don't Holcomb get to see that, that. That he's impressed by how quickly Jamin gets the spots. And on that Logan hit you mentioned a long time ago, Mitch, Cole turned around and was like, holy crap, I didn't know you could get there that fast. So I think – He's been a little bit under the radar just because he's on such good defense, and normally first-round picks get a ton of attention. I don't think he's gotten that much, but he's still learning. He's still pretty raw. He didn't play a ton at Kentucky, and I think each game rep will help him. And I do think regardless of how uh, you know used to the playbook and how ingratiated mentally he gets, there's going to be a couple plays physically every week that will pop. And then eventually as he gets more mentally into it, he's going to become a stud. Yeah. Well, oh, Good. One of the things I said in, in one of our – gambling videos that we did Pete talking about defensive player of the year odds and whatnot. I think Jamin Davis is going to have a very good year. I'm excited to see him on the field. It's if they, the, when they get him and um, Cole Holcomb on the field at the same time, that's more speed at linebacker than they've had back there in a while. And clearly that's a spot. Those tight ends and and inside routes have killed this defense for years. Um, But I think he's going to have a very good year, but I think he's going to be very much like London Fletcher where he's going to put up good numbers. He's going to be a very productive player, a good player, I don't know that he's going to get the national recognition that he might deserve based on how well he's playing. And that's partially because you have Chase Young and Montez Sweat and Deron Payne and John Allen up front. And then you have William Jackson III and and maybe not Kendall Fuller quite as much, but guys who are more nationally known than he is. So he's just going to be – I have a feeling that folks are going to look at him as a byproduct of how good the rest of the defense is, but his speed is going to be a difference maker. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock a microphone. Um, I don't know – that seemed like high praise there. I, I wanna I, see, what I'm saying is I just want to see him play. Yeah, when I compare I, him to London Fletcher, I'm not saying that he's going to have a 200-tackle season this year. I just mean he's going to be a good player that doesn't get the recognition he should deserve. We'll see. I mean, um, if the fact that you're talking about him defensive rookie of the year is a pretty big deal. Isn't he the leading odds He's Getter? like fifth or sixth. He's six. like fifth or sixth. And it's that like was in the play. sports video. That's what the, the I thought he was like said. the leading guy. It depends on where you shot, but yeah. they have like Micah Parsons, some of those corners. But James usually fourth or fifth at some good odds. I think gotcha. Have, uh, wants to. Uh, oh, yeah. The JOK. JOK as might, might be one of the leaders, too. Just because it's usually edge guys, guys that put up sacks and interceptions and stuff like that. Only that two of the nine of. last ones have been linebackers, but one of them was Luke Keekley under Ron. So. There you have it. Both ways. I believe um, no team has ever had back-to-back defensive rookie I of years. No, you're correct. I looked at it after you said it. So. Interesting. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You guys want to get to one thing? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Whoever's ready. My one thing is also at linebacker and it has to do with veteran John Bostic. Um, we talked, I talked a little bit about the speed that you see between Holcomb and um, Jamin Davis, and I think Bostic is a nice counterpoint to those guys in that when he's out on the field, he really stuffs up the middle incredibly well. He, he does a great job against the run, and it kind of allows Holcomb and or, uh, and or um, Davis, who are on the field, to kind of spread their wings a little bit and get out, get out to the bird outside. Pun. Another bird pun. Uh, <laughs> cover, those, cover those running backs when they get flexed out or, or cover the tight ends a little bit more, and, and he's so solid in the middle of the field, and at the podium today, Ron Rivera actually brought up Bostic and how well he's doing kind of teaching those guys and, and kind of bringing them along. And he called him just the perfect pro, exactly the type of veteran that you want on your team. And I think that he's going to be – I think that he's, you know, kind of an afterthought uh, for Washington football team fans. But at the same time, I think he's going to be on the field a lot, and I think he's going to make a big difference, especially in those short-down situations. I like it. That's the first time we've mentioned him, I think, all camp. So always good to cover that. One thing just to that point – have you noticed, and maybe there's some substitutions, and maybe they wanted to learn base first. A lot of times the first-team nickel package doesn't have Davis out there. It's Bostic and Holcomb. And with the speed Davis has, you'd think you'd want him out there instead of Bostic. I, I just I noticed that today. I was like, huh. And, and, but it's also August 5th, so a lot could change. But that surprised me. By the way, August 5th, one day, one week away from the first preseason opener. I know. It'll be fun. I can't wait. August 5th, 3 p.m. for your timestamp guy. Thank there you. you. Go. Uh, uh, go ahead, Pete. My one thing is at the beginning of the camp, we talked about William Jackson and Terry McLaurin battling. And I don't think it's much of a battle these days. I think Terry McLaurin is kind of working WJ3. Um, I mean, there's plenty of plays where it's not thrown Terry's way, and that's hard to watch. And you know, We're not tracking everything, so it could be because Terry was blanketed, and I'm not paying as much attention to those. But... I kind of think the recent stretch here, anytime they want to throw it to McLaurin, they've been able to. And hopefully that's more of an indictment on Terry than it is William. Um, I'm not saying William's a bust by any stretch, but I do think if William Jackson III was instead replaced by Josh Norman, there'd be a lot of griping over the cornerback performance. And I talked to a couple of reporters about this, and they kind of agreed. To that point, Kendall Fuller and Cam Curl yesterday at the podium talked about kind of the secondary and and – you know how much communication is going back there, and communication think, in the secondary, which we always, drink. which we always hear about. But you look at what Washington does on offense with all the movement and all the shifting and all that. And I think when you're kind of trying to learn how to communicate and what to communicate, and there's all that motion going on, I think that can kind of complicate things a little bit. You know, in these early stages of kind of picking up the defense. And so, while I'm not saying that 
uh, the observation that Terry is winning that battle isn't a thing. I think it's also. I think you also can look at the bigger picture, and we can go August fifth, and these guys are still trying to trying to trying to figure out where they're supposed to be on the field. Um, for me, my one thing, I no longer. If you're if you're upset that they changed the name, like that's fine. That's your prerogative. I don't care. They changed it, right? It's over. Same. I, I think it'd be we'd be greatly aided if they just had a new one and we didn't have to keep up with all this nonsense. But there are people that believe it needs to take forever. However, the team announces they're not going to allow headdresses and Native American face painting into the stadium. Like, I, I mean, you should see my Twitter. It's a show. Who is surprised? Who thinks you get to keep – they changed the name away from that for a reason. You can agree or disagree. I don't care. But how are you surprised at this point in the year 2021 that you're not allowed to wear a headdress to a game? And, like, stop with the equivalency. We, I had a dude calling the radio show talking about – P. Mitch and Finley, 10-2, to 106.7 The Fan. That's weekdays. right. I, this dude was Buttering like – him up. Trying to help him out. Um – He's like, well, what about the Carolina Hurricanes? Hurricanes kill thousands of people a year. Oh, go. I'm just like, dude, what are you talking about? Take his phone what, away. What the hell are you actually talking about? Listen, the Washington Redskins, the old name, the old logo, all of it meant a lot to me. Like, I, have, I still have things at my home with that logo on it. I'm not getting rid of those, and they're not asking you to. Jason Wright said on this podcast, like, the memories you have, all of that value, all of that sentimentality, matters and we treasure it but we've just got to move forward now don't be upset about not wearing a headdress to the game ask yourself why the hell am i wearing a headdress to the game <laughs> in 2021 bigger problems if you're still doing that for sure so that's my thing like let's not look to fight over all this shit it's it's happened i'm sorry that's let's, fine like it's happened you can't be mad at this forever. There's got to be something. There's got to be something new to be mad at. Yeah, let's let's be adults here. Move on, and get pissed about something else. Like yeah. JP said, 2021. There's a lot of other things you can get angry about. Like we're just talking about a headdress. Us. Yeah. How on earth do we think that's appropriate? It's not. It's just not, and it never really was, and it's certainly not now. And dude, I have pictures with Chief Z from being a kid, from being in college. Those memories are still there. Right. Nobody's speaking ill of Chief Z. Yeah. It was a different time. Times change. It doesn't take away from anything that happened the past 70 years, 80 years in this, in this franchise, but it's the dawn of a new age and things are changing and just get on board with it. Yeah. Like if you have to wear a headdress, just go root for another team. Or just do it in your own home. Don't bother anybody. Probably <laughs> still shouldn't do it, but just do it in your own damn home. Just you don't, don't smoke cigarettes on airplanes anymore. You don't wear headdresses to stadiums. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a comparison. <laughs> Should have called into JP's show. But, uh, <laughs> you believe hurricanes kill thousands of people a year? I, yeah, I guess, man. Um, all right, let's go. Uh, thank you to Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. want you to do the same thing. I'm pretty sure all of those dudes are on vacation. Like Garv, <laughs> Biagi, Hager, Andy, they're all like at the beach in various places. Um, you know where I'd like to be right now? At the beach at in the various beach. places? I'd like to be at Dewey Beach. I would very much like to be at Dewey Beach right now. Makes three of us. Yeah. Maybe we should go. I'm so glad that Pete Pod can trip. now be on board I with know. it. Makes me feel cool. I can't believe you took so long, but should we after the game? It, the it no longer matters that it took so long. You've been. Better late than never. After practice tomorrow night, should we just pod in the car on the way to Dewey? I'm not from New Orleans, but I got there as fast as I could. Um, I feel like that's like your third reference. I don't get this pod. But no, we should I got my sister's in town. 
but maybe oh. someday. All right, uh, time to go. Here comes Jamie Davis. Always good to sit down and talk to first-round pick linebacker, Mr. Jamin Davis. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, let's start with, with on-the-field stuff. How's the eye? You got poked in the eye, missed a day of practice. You good? Yeah, the eye is great, man. I'm all right. I, it was just me sitting out for a little bit to make sure it opened back up. Yeah. Was, so. But it's scary. Like, when something happens to your eye, whether you're a big football player or an old blogger like me, it's scary for yeah, a second. Yeah. I mean, I was all right. I just knew I was going to have to let Coach know so they don't think anything crazy going on. Right. Um, how is life for a rookie linebacker that's really just thrust into everything? They got you starting Mike. Like, how are you holding up with everything? I mean, hey, I just had to be ready when my number was called, so I just stepped in and did what I have to do, I guess, and that's what I'm going to continue to try to do as, my, as best as possible. And uh, like I just told you not too long ago, just keeping my head in the book and just taking it a day at a time and just going with the flow. Um, how is your processing of this defense? Uh, so far, so good. Um, just taking everything that's coming my way as far as being around the linebackers as much as possible, trying to pick up on little key reads and stuff like that. And uh, just honestly being a human sponge, that's what I always end up saying. But it's true because I just try to retain as much information as possible going into it. Ron has brought up Luke Keekley when he talks about you. Do you like that kind of comparison, a guy that might be going to the Hall of Fame? Is that a little heavy pressure? Do you even pay attention to it? Uh, I mean, I don't pay attention to it at all because at the end of the day, like, I have to pay attention to myself because I have to be the best version of myself as possible. So, um, yeah, it's a great compliment, of course, but, I mean, going into it, I got to do what's best for me and just making sure I'm giving Jamin Davis. So, um, Who's helping you the most out there? A little bit of everybody, honestly. Of course, John Boston, Cole Holcomb, the guys like that, uh, and then up front, Steve, not Steve, but uh, Chase. <laughs> And um, sweat, of course. But guys like that around me, it's just always beneficial to just have a right-hand man that can just see things that you might not get a chance to see right away and just help you focus in a lot more. Last couple days, full pads. Never really got testy, I would say, but I think people were excited. How much can a rookie get involved in, in, the, in the jawing a little bit? <laughs> uh, every now and then it'll probably come out, but, I mean, on the field I've never been a guy that's – big rah-rah or anything like that. I'm more so just let my play do the talking. So um, every now and then something might come out, but realistically what that's going to prove. So, I mean, I just go out and do what I have to do and just try to make plays. Tomorrow night you guys have a practice at FedEx Field. There's 20,000 fans allowed in. The tickets sold out in a flash. They were gone. How excited are you to be in that environment? Oh, man, it's, it's going to be crazy. My first time being on FedEx Field. Um, just getting a chance to really show the fans like what it's going to be like coming here pretty soon. And uh, just go out and do what I can, just fly around and just do my job as much as possible and just see where it goes. One of your biggest attributes is your speed. How fast is, not even like play clock, game clock, any of that, how fast is your life clock going right now? <laughs> like, like how, I, I mean, you just had to get a place to live in Virginia. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot happening yeah. here. It's almost like 100 miles per hour at this point. But, I mean, hey, you just you just got to take it at full swing and just, just run with it. There's no time for stopping and taking breaks. You just got to keep going, pick it up as you go, and just get adjusted as much as possible because when the season gets rolling, there's nothing that's going to distract me from trying to do what I came here to do and make plays. Ron Rivera played linebacker. Jack Del Rio played linebacker. Is that an asset because you got your coach and your D coordinator that know the position? Or can that be a, a little bit of a – 
hindrance because they know the position and they really want to talk to you about it. Not at all. It's, it's actually a big benefit because coming into a system like this and coming in with a coaching staff like this is actually really helpful when you got your head coach or the D coordinator pulling you from the side when you do individual drills and whatnot and just giving you little minor tips and stuff like that here and there that can help your game grow from here to here. So it's just it's really beneficial having a coaching staff like that that's been in my shoes before and just knowing that I can do whatever I can to basically just following their footsteps and then eventually create my own path. For sure, for sure. Um, last one for me. What's it like going against Ryan Fitzpatrick every day? <laughs> oh, it's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I always end up talking to him on the side outside of practice as well, but he's even a guy that's been helping me as well, just teaching me different things that I can pick up on as the season progresses, as my career progresses, and just showing me things that, yeah, I might be a rookie right now, but just knowing that you got veteran quarterbacks that have a lot of experience as far as looking guys off and stuff like that. And um, he's just been teaching me a lot of different things, and I just pick up on as much life lessons and stuff like that as well that I can from him. He's got a lot of experience. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, Jamin, thank you so much, man. Appreciate the time. Yes, sir. Thank Enjoy you tomorrow night. Yes, sir. Thank yeah. you. It won't be like week one, but it'll be fun. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, I'm just going to go out and try to be energetic, fly around, make some plays, and do what I got to do. In a brawl. And fist fights. Yeah. Is he pouting? Is, is, that, is, that, is that your analysis for the day? Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.